0: enjoy yeah shifting conversations this one was big over the weekend so the supreme court uh, sat and five judges listened to the petition that had been uh, filed to them by the ngo board and this was with regards to whether they could register an association to represent the rights of the lgbtq Higher. so in a conversation across the weekend three judges said well yeah I can register an association surely what's wrong with that Two judges dissented we'll be discussing that shortly katiba institute was involved in this particular matter all the way from the high court through the court of appeal into the supreme court the executive director of katiba institute christine conge is our guest good morning good morning happy new year christine happy new year hey hey we should not be staying like this at it's been state. a minute yeah one we are running too much
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's been some time
0: karibu sana santa city has the day's proverb
2: to welcome you now nicely
1: Okay, thank you. I
2: do. Our proverbs the whole of this week are from the country of Uganda. <laughs> did you know that Uganda has a prime minister who is called Robina Nabanja? Uh-huh. And did you also know that Uganda has a deputy president called Jessica Alupo? Do they know? Do,
3: do they know <laughs> that they have a deputy president? Yes, they
2: also know that they have a president who is <laughs> called well, the <laughs> I just thought you'd know. Because when you talk about the country of Uganda, the president dominates mm. the conversation about Uganda so much so you actually forget that there are other people who are in leadership in Uganda. Mm. Alright. Mm. The proverb, one can claim to have many friends until they fall on bad times.
1: Mm.
2: That's the proverb of the day. What's your interpretation of that, Kristen?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess it's just literal. You only know your true friends when you're in need. Mm.
0: (laughs) That's a time when you'll get to know them. Yes. Uh, Yes. uh, uh, (laughs) Kristen. Yeah. Now let's sit back. Let's get out our pens and and papers. Mm. Tell us mm. the journey of this matter until the Supreme Court on Friday.
1: Okay, so this issue began in 2013 when Eg, uh, who is the now the respondent, finally a respondent uh, in the Supreme Court, applied to the Non-Governmental Coordination Board uh, to reserve a name. As a first step to register an NGO, the name he had provided for reservation at that time were about three. Um, I think the first one was Gay and Lesbian um, Observatory of Kenya, Gay uh, and Lesbian uh, Council. The other one I think was Gay and Gizbian, uh, Lesbian Lesbian um, Organization of G- Kenya. Gay and Lesbian. Yeah, organization. So the names Gay and Lesbian featured in, in all each of those in each of these proposed names. So the response he got back from the NGO Coordination Board was that. We take offense to the names you've proposed because we believe that these names respond of seem to indicate that you'll be promoting criminality and immorality within the country. And they advised uh, the applicant at that time, E.G., to then go on and try to come up with new names for consideration. He did this three times, but in each of those three times he ensured gay and lesbian um, uh, uh, appeared um, in the names that he provided, changing some issues here and their collective, council, committee, whatever (laughs) he he proposed, but ensured that the uh, named um, gay and lesbians appeared in the name. So finally, uh, the final decision from the NGO coordination board is that we are not going to allow this reservation of this name. Uh, we uh, do not agree with the objects and purposes of your proposed non-profit organization and refused uh, to process the matter further. And actually, in their own estimation, at uh, that time, advised the applicant to seek the interpretation of the court uh, as to whether this is something that was permissible under the laws of Kenya, because to them, they felt that they are allowed under the laws of Kenya, this is the penal code, uh, sections 162, 163, um, to restrict uh, names based also on sexual orientation of the persons who um, the proposed non-profit organization will be catering to. So, of course, upon receiving this communication from the NGO coordination board, uh, EG then went to the high court and um, said that that decision by the NGO coordination board uh, was contrary to sections... I mean, to articles 36 and articles 27 of the Constitution. 27 is on, na- on non discrimination, 36 on dis- association. And of course, related to this is the issue of dignity. Um, so, Article 28 on the, on the basis that living a life of dignity entitles somebody to be treated in a certain way. So, the High Court um, listened to the matter. We had um, Katiba Institute as an amicus. We had the Kenya Christian Professional Forum as, I think, an interested party. We had the Attorney General. We had the NGO Coordination Board. And we had two other private individuals who applied to join in to provide a perspective on the intersex and, um, 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 you know, transgender and intersex perspective from the people of Kenya. Mm-hmm. So that on went on and various arguments were given by the parties, um, you know, the. EG argument before the High Court was that the Constitution is clear that it provides a provision that says every person. What is every person? Is it a natural person? Is it a legal person? How does the Constitution define every person? Every person is entitled to the right to associate. So the court looked at it on the basis of just looking you know the constitution at article 260 defines some of its provisions right Mm. so it actually defines what a person is and it's both a natural person and a legal person a natural person even if you look at your dictionary if you look at um you know what an individual is it's you the person the natural being a human being so of course by um that's sort of literal uh, reading of the law, every person, irrespective of any other categorization or distinctions we Mm -hmm. apply, is covered by this provision. So, um, And then uh, the second part of that provision is to engage in activities of any kind in association with others. And the final part of that is any legal regime that provides for registration shall not unreasonably withhold a registration of associations, right? Yeah. So it's a, it's almost a three part process. Mm. So the court looked at all these processes. There were arguments by, as I mean, because of the, as I said, uh, the, the petition now then, EG was saying he is a person. Nothing in Article 36 talks about sexual orientation as being a prerequisite to mm. re- registering an association. Mm. Any association. Can be registered as long as it pursues lawful activities. Mm-hmm. The activities we propose to pursue do not go to promoting pedophilia, they do not go to promoting rape, do not even go to promoting um, same sex intercourse. Mm-hmm. They are purely to look at the human rights violations that LGBT people in Kenya suffer violence and to address the human rights uh, violations, other human rights violations they suffer, including privacy, health, employment. There's an array of issues issues um, that persons of lgbti uh, identity in kenya suffer so to them that is what they are going to pursue and Mm -hmm. nothing in those objectives was um is unlawful Mm -hmm. uh they also saw in terms of non-discrimination the clauses as well speak to uh, non-discrimination on the basis of sex gender um, and any other of the proscribed grounds and they felt that that therefore should include sexual orientation which the court looked at um on the other side NGO Coordination Board, the Attorney General K- Kenya Christian uh, uh, Lawyers for KCP uh, I forget the other, I've gotten confused mm. Kenya Christ, uh, Christian Professional Christian Professor Lawyers Christian. Foller, Something like that, mm. yeah Said um, that, um, you know um, They addressed the arguments on the basis Of marriage, marriage is between According to the constitution, male and female yeah. They looked at it on the basis of religion And then they looked at it on the basis Of the law, penal law which criminalizes uh, same-sex sexual contact. And they said it is against uh, African values, um, the culture, African culture. um, And so those kind of society norms should come in uh, to dictate or limit um, the the breadth of rights that can be enjoyed by persons who identify as LGBTI. Mm. Um, The court looked at the issues, then said the issue properly before it was not about marriage. It was not even about the morality of same-sex relations. It was not even about decriminalization. The issue before it was association and And discrimination. It was going to restrict itself to that narrow issues. Mm -hmm. If those other issues should come in um, later, then the court would properly apply its mind to those. So based on the facts before it, the court said it is association non-discrimination and that is what the court went on to uh, decide and said on the basis of association
0: mm, this is it this see, is the high court
1: yes this is the high court on okay. the basis of association there's nothing in the law constitution or any legal regime in kenya that restricts ability of people who identify as lgbti mm. from um, forming an association in terms of the objectives being given by the, the the proposed uh ngo they were lawful and there was nothing in that objectives uh, that the court saw as promoting criminality and in terms of discrimination the court read in into the uh, issue of sex uh, the the status of sexual orientation or the identity of sexual orientation Hmm. and um, because of that the court allowed um, the petition and said the NGO board was um, violated the constitution by not allowing the registration who appealed against that NGO coordination board. Of Mm. course, uh, EG had won this case. Mm. So the court had even given a timeline by when this organization should Should be be registered. registered. So then it went to the... So those were three judges of the high court who applied their minds, who applied the law and came to that conclusion. It went before a five judge bench at the court of appeal. Mm. Those judges... And actually, it's more interestingly, if you look at the Supreme Court judgment, a lot of the religious... Uh, arguments do not feature there, but they are front and square
3: Mm.
1: in the Court of Appeal. appeal. It seemed everybody opened their Bible and was coming to court of the judges Mm. and giving their own determination of what, of the role religion plays in the whole issue. Mm. And so um, uh, quite a lot of that is discussed. The family, religion, culture is discussed a a lot more in the Court of Appeal decision. Mm. Mm. Each judge gave their own opinion. Uh, in the court of appeal
0: and all five unanimously
1: no three so it was also a majority decision okay three allowed i mean agreed with the high court to disagreed. Mm. So, um and then it went to the supreme yeah. court yeah then another bench of five mm. three agreed to disagreed. so this in total are 13 judicial officers who have looked at this issue and said in the estimation this is what we think a human right-based approach um, and a human right-based reading of our constitution means which is what that persons who identify um, their sexual orientation to be lgbti have the right to form an association Mm -hmm. and properly be registered in kenya and pursue lawful objectives if that includes um looking at the issues of violence that lgbti people face if that looks at other uh, denial of human rights that LGBTQI people face, that is all legitimate. Um, I do believe as well, people, I had, um, I was following this conversation throughout the weekend and yesterday I tuned in uh, to to an, a newsroom discussion of this. People are saying, is there evidence of this? Um, and I do believe organizations like the Kenya Human Rights Commission, the Kenya National Commission of Human Rights have actually documented, da- documented this and you can read their reports and find out more of the human rights rights violations and issues that lgbti people in kenya face
0: okay so there's one issue here which is rights and the rights of everybody every person to associate Mm -hmm. and to register an association Mm -hmm. and as long as they are promoting legal Mm -hmm. stuff and as long as they are following legal means Mm -hmm. higher Where does the issue of what the NGO coordination board, the issue that they used to deny them in the first place and to keep appealing, where does it feature? Which is that you are promoting homosexuality, basically, Mm. right? And in our laws, the penal code, brings in the issue of, you know, mm. that unnatural act mm. being illegal. Where do we draw the line between associating and talking about, yeah, yeah, uh, would you like to be, you can be, mm. let's protect your right. And what right exactly we're protecting and what then okay. the underlying message? Okay.
1: So one of the principles uh, of, of, of what a proper law is, especially, especially criminal law, is certainty, right? You must clearly know what conduct is limited, what is criminalized so that you can know how you navigate your life around the parameters around of what is permissible, right? Yep. That is how criminal law uh, operates. So the, it has to specifically delineate what is prohibited. And that is the only thing as a law-abiding citizen, you are not... You, I mean, as a law-abiding citizen, I will not do that, right? Mm. So what is strictly proscribed in uh, sections 162, 163? It's not the status of identifying as LGBTI, right? Mm. What is criminalized is sexual contact.
0: It's the consummation of that status.
1: Yes. Um, So it is not how I identify that is criminalized. It's what you do. It's almost the same as um, what other people use in terms of prostitution. That's another example. Mm. Saying I'm a prostitute in Kenya it's not is illegal. not is not something that will get me arrested, <laughs> but once you co- engage in certain conduct, then you'll be arrested, Actually, right?
2: If you engage in certain conduct and you are found if you engage nobody finds you nothing happens.
1: <laughs> that is a, another perspective so yeah crime, it if is, you engage it in a
2: crime and you're not caught you'll not be arrested my, my point exactly <laughs> so they, you need to be caught
1: <laughs>
3: and
0: you're caught, then that needs to be proven yes. yes and there has to be evidence that then shows that yes you yes. are caught stealing and you we can clearly see without yes. any shadow of a doubt that you stole
1: Yes, yes. And you you have to remember there are thresholds for arrest and thresholds for conviction. It's just hmm. it's not in um, the law. In the law hmm. It's not and a proper practice, exercise of authority to arrest somebody on suspicion yeah. more. In Kenya. In Kenya. Properly <laughs> applying the law in Kenya, you cannot do that. There has to be more. Thank so you. So they the, are for the
3: caveat of properly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the thing though, Christine, because this is all very um there's so many things attached to it. It's very <laughs> subjective also in nature when you look at this entire case and so then there are many assumptions that are made that because of the fact that somebody identifies as homosexual then you cannot run away from the assumption Mm. that there is an
1: act of sex between
3: Mm to like persons taking place.
1: Sure, and this is something that I've, uh, almost always happens to people uh, who identify as LGBTI, but it never applies to any other context to people who identify as heterosexual, right? That is not something that you make a close correlation with um, if you identify as heterosexual. But as you're co- correct, um, when it comes to LGBTI, that um sort of private intimate conduct is always attached to everything they do um and the supreme court was there's actually a line you'll find somewhere in the judgment of the majority that says that these people are convicted without even before they contravene the law Mm. so we cast aspersions implications sure and then we convict them and render them guilty before even they do any of the proscribed um, activities or but, conduct but under the
3: can law. somebody identify as homosexual and without having without not having engaged in sex with um
0: so You can be a homosexual who abstains.
3: Yes, can you be an, an can you identify as homosexual and not engage in the act of sex with another male or female if you're male or let
1: me reverse that can you be heterosexual and not engage in any act of sex mm. with somebody of the opposite gender mm. isn't that whole can priesthood sister no but can you but can you but, but can, o-
3: can one say they're heterosexual just because somebody woman, is
0: a father in the catholic church does not necessarily mean they're heterosexual, they're
3: heterosexual.
1: yes but what
0: is heterosexual
1: but that's why i'm saying <laughs> does it mean that if you identify her, has, as heterosexual you must engage in sexual conduct it would help. But what is, is the thing that? What, because this is the kind of things that people say all the time, <laughs> right? Please, please, if you can understand what my question is. I
3: understand from. all because your Because const- this is the thing
1: that we are saying that separates, isn't it? Mm.
3: That you, everybody is looking for some kind of identity mm. because of this thing that separates. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's why it's separated. That's why it's called hetero. That's why it's called homo. Because there is something that separates. And that identification is my question. It's not the size of head no, or no. the number of ears you have. It, it is, is the engagement me. of sex that then now says, I actually then identify as homosexual. Is it not? So
1: is that, its sexual attraction is different from sexual uh, engage, engagement. engagement absolutely correct. It is, yes Yes. so I, I also think that people conflate a lot of issues sexual attraction to actually
0: uh, mean that it will end up in
1: yes meaning that you'll end up doing something or the other but also again the, I think this also takes away to the conversations we are having here mm-hmm. irrespective of who I'm at, sexually attracted attracted to if I am not engaging in conduct that is strictly proscribed in the law mm-hmm. what um, shouldn't matter should it no what what is the harm of uh, of meeting other people or uh, who are hold similar views to to the ones I hold, to our supporters and anybody else who would want to engage this in the conversation, mm-hmm. to understand, to be able to form their own opinions? I, I think that's the crux of the matter because I the if you look at what the court said and even courts of. Um, In the regional courts or even in international forums the right to association is closely tied to other rights your right to express your views right it's closely tied to be able to come together with a group of people to share your views Mm. your uh, belief your opinion your conscience is also very tied up To be able to associate with other people and engage in conversation your religion your culture is tied to be able to come together with other people and express views and it can be views on any issue it does not necessarily only need to limit lgbti people to engaging in certain sexual acts that
0: is a very uh, loyally argument Which I understand, (laughs) all right? Yes, because I'm a lawyer. You're looking at the law, (laughs) you're looking at the letter of the law, but you're forgetting the small matter of the spirit of the law. Okay. When this was put in the penal code, a natural act, what is it that those drafters had in mind? Was it sex with animals only, or was was it sex between two human beings who would be acting unnaturally in this particular case?
1: Homosexuality. When were these provisions introduced into Kenyan law? even if we are talking about african culture mm-hmm. when were they introduced
2: into kenyan law yes a very long time ago uh, the details that we now speak of may not have existed because yeah. a lot of these laws that have to do with uh, homosexuality or sex work or in municipality laws
1: okay coming with colonialism right yes mm-hmm. okay so this we are applying a Victorian understanding, evangelical understanding of what was right and wrong at okay. that time. Okay. And then it came into Kenya and it was adopted. Yes. And, as, and now has become part of our law. Um, and therefore, say, um, because of, angel- of of religion as well, has formed part of discourse uh, on religion and maybe part of discourse on culture. However, to contrast with that, actually, you realize if you lo- do a bit of research, mm. this is something that's purely is an issue in countries that were colonized by the British. If you look at the countries that were colonized by the French and some of the Spanish countries, I mean, p- countries colonized by the sp- Spanish, mm-hmm. these provisions do not apply in their law. Mm-hmm. So they do not have the same issues on <laughs> um, association rights, um, privacy, that we persons who now got these laws from the British heritage have to crap, uh, to grapple with every day Mm. so i do believe that even as we look at the supreme court decision they did say the provisions especially 162 163 are in terms of gender neutral they apply to both heterosexual people they apply both to people who identify to be homosexual Mm. and they capture a natural act Mm. a natural act under victorian england Covered a lot more into
0: very many things. Yes, so
1: okay. that is captured for both um, people who identify as heterosexual and as well as homosexual.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. do you think the Kenyan society views and accepts homosexuality?
1: Well, I don't know. I think what we need to do. I'm
0: no, I'm asking, but yeah, you your know, opinion. In your opinion, based on your mm-hmm. own, you know. Uh, parts of the nation and all?
1: Um, I can't definitively say yes or no, because I don't think anybody has done, apart from statements that say we believe Kenyans are, are not supportive of LGBTI rights, mm. or a perspective from the church, I do not, I cannot definitively say that Kenyans sway this way, one way or another. It
0: is difficult to do that, right? It's
1: difficult to do that, and that's why I think the Supreme Court was saying about having this conversation mm. in a context that allows for exchange of views. Um, In a context that is constructive open to hearing views from both sides Mm. Uh, Views from the people who have concerns on issues of culture and religion and views from the people who think Kenya should be more inclusive Um, And do you
0: think Christine? The kenyan society is accepting of abortion
1: i think by and large medical abortion yes and there's and there's the distinction between abortion by choice and medical abortion do you think i think right now Mm -hmm. i think it is quite settled that in a circumstance whereby the mother might die if um, intervention is not provided then quite a lot of people i think would be accepting of that idea i know there is now controversy over abortion by choice right yeah i think that's where the controversy is okay and actually those difficult conversations or questions uh, eric are settled by the constitution
0: okay right Doesn't this The constitution, constitution was p- written by the kenyan people and yes. well, that's why i'm heading yes in the years of writing and discussing this con- con- constitution from the days of yashpal Gai coming all the way to nzamba kitonga coming to the referendum of 2010 these conversations were actually taking place were they mm-hmm. not the conversation that I'm asking you about abortion mm-hmm. and the conversation about abortion, blah, blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. It was taking place. There was a conversation across this, the country. The conversation about homosexuality was there, muted. Not if you compare it to a conversation about the system of government and all those things, but it was there, right? right. If it was an issue, it would have been a bigger issue in the conversation. Mm-hmm. If it was, well, people don't really give a hoot one way or the other, then those who are uh, propelling it would have found them that issue in the constitution would they not
1: so the issue for example just to go back to your last issue on on issue of abortion medical abortion is clearly allowed and documented in the constitution if you and look it, at, at it and it had
0: to be made medical it had to you see the conversation was so heated yes it had the drafters of the constitution had, had to, to be, be
1: very clear, clear. the parameter yes but actually I have to say, one thing that people forget is always in the Bill of Rights, there's a provision in the Bill of Rights that says it's not exhaustive. To allow for the passage of time, people's views, people's society develops, Naturally. medical, uh, culturally. But at that point? All things are at, always in flux, right? At that
0: point, it recognizes that at this point, this is how much limit we are giving.
1: I... And maybe you can direct because me it, to that because... It took
0: cognizance of the conversation that was taking place. That's why the constitution now, you say it's medical abortion. It doesn't say, well, you have a right to make a choice or whatever. <laughs> and, and there had to be a conversation about defining life. Yes. There had to be a conversation about at what point does life end and terminate. Mm-hmm. There had to be a conversation about where does life begin, right? That is.
1: So I have to say...
0: Because this was an issue
1: yes i have to say though the issue is for issues that we think are controversial the and which may be there are always two very strong divergent divergent views Mm -hmm. right you are so sure that your position is right on this other side and on this other side somebody else is very sure their uh, position is right Uh, i think in such situation the constitution has allowed us one option in those issues go to the courts and have the courts interpret us and tell us, based on what the drafters of the constitution had in mind, based on developments, legal developments in human rights protection, based on developments in other similar democracies to Kenya, what would this mean now? Mm. 10 years down the line, what would this mean? I mean, 12 years down the line, what would this provision mean? And also understanding that Kenya as well Allows for um, multiplicity of religions, multiplicity of cultures, multiplicity of views. So um, the rights are usually also read in reverse. The fact that you have a right to religion, I have the right not to have your religion imposed on me. The fact that you have the right to culture, I have the right not to have that culture imposed on me. Mm. The right, uh, you have the right to association, have the right not to be forced to join any association. So it is always give and take to allow freedom mm. as as much as possible so those are the kind of things we also need to remember in this kind of conversations we have so when you are looking at those um parameters and bring that up to the court whose only fidelity is to the law yep. irrespective of their personal really? views really? Irrespect- yes, really? <laughs> they are supposed to actually remain.
2: They are supposed to.
1: I- yes, that is mm. correct. They are supposed to only have fidelity to the constitution. Mm. So, respective of their religious leanings, respective of their cultural leanings, they actually have to look at the law Strictly. and see how it applies. Mm. Of course, as Muga says, sometimes cultural society contexts have to be taken into account. Public opinion. But not all the time can public opinion carry the day
2: <laughs> and especially
1: and especially on issues of protection of minorities and van, vulnerable people no. yeah. popular opinion
2: break,
1: <laughs> okay. sorry. sorry let me finish up no no no, no
2: no you can I, I just want to find out whether we on to this break so that you can continue and finish and then i can ask my question after the break
1: <laughs> okay popular opinion is as provided by the constitution mm. we have constitutional su- supremacy as and to go back to where we started from yeah yeah
0: to 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 base us. yeah 20 minutes to 10 christine conge the executive director of katiba institute is uh, joining us she's been on this journey all the way to the supreme court as amicus in this matter where somebody would like an association registered and the supreme court says absolutely nothing stops the ngo coordination board from registering an association just because it has a name gay and lesbian in it and that they're uh, you know promoting the rights of kenyans in this country
2: the question i have to ask i mean christine you've done an excellent job of explaining this to us but it leads me to one question given The complexity of issues that have brought into this very discussion what really was on trial was it our sense of morality was it our hypocrisy was it our fears was it our biases was it our ignorance our personal inclinations our moral positions what really was on trial because everything about this discussion is not simple everything comes up we talk about the question that Eric asked Mm -hmm. do Kenyans do kenyans good question kenyans condemn corruption wholesomely there's no question kenyan does not condemn corruption Mm -hmm. do we practice corruption most definitively yes we do Mm -hmm. we all participate wholeheartedly in our own little way okay when we had the discussion about abortion i remember governor kihika kimani had this amendment that she had when she was in the senate the discussions that was in many ways simpler because the moral issues and the ambiguity around it came to the fore Mm -hmm. so when we talk about homosexuality what comes out Mm -hmm. now that for me is really what was on trial because Mm -hmm. we have an opportunity as kenyans to actually see ourselves as we really are Mm -hmm. with regards to what we think feel understand Mm -hmm. how it is we what it is we lean towards the informations that we have our biases or the lack of information thereof because in all honesty what is it is it homophobia if so why the ruling yes gives us a certain leaning and tells us the position of the supreme court but then it raises all these other questions Mm. and in my mind this is a good debate Mm. the reason why it's a good debate because it provides us with that opportunity now peel layer that ordinarily we are not willing to peel or even to look at or to discuss Mm. if you bring it down to its sex Mm. do we as a society now I'm asking an Eric question do we as a society really openly talk about sex because if you talk about sex then you will talk about sexual sexual orientation Mm. do we Mm
1: -hmm.
2: are we willing to
1: I think uh, in my own view in my own opinion I think What this case has brought up quite clearly is our fears, Mm -hmm. our fears, which are not in my own humble opinion backed up by relevant information that we can discuss, interrogate and make conclusions from. So they have had many articulated fears. It will lead to the breakdown of families. It will lead to the demise of the um, human population. Um, You know, it contravenes the whole purpose of marriage, which is procreation. It will increase crimes of pedophilia and other things. All those are fears that are not backed up by any credible information within a Kenyan context. And I do agree that whenever you make any um, argument based on fear and we, we, what that means is that you are most likely going to make a decision that is not well informed uh, on on any of these bases, based on facts, statistics, psychology, science, any of those uh, um, parameters. But what I agree is that whenever you, there is always the need for difficult conversations as a society to be able to move forward. Difficult constra- conversations which are constructive, no matter how difficult, would we'll be able to move us forward one way or the other. Or we are going to know definitively who we are one way or another. So this, I am happy that this conversation as well is happening. And Muga, it's going to come up again because there's a case in this pending in the Court of Appeal now squarely looking at the criminalization of sections 162 163 so this is a good time to start having those conversations and to look at ourselves truthfully
2: consider also christine yes. when you look at what we call the lived experience i mentioned corruption for a reason
1: mm-hmm.
2: we really condemn it loudly mm-hmm. everyone talks about it loudly and mm-hmm. yet we practice it
1: yeah okay? yeah
2: now you're saying the fears that people have may not be substantiated by evidence in that the f- You're talking about pedophilia. You're mm-hmm. talking about teaching wrong, as we call it, mm-hmm. moral values and so mm-hmm. forth. But our lived experience with corruption is it was something which was once upon a time done in secret.
3: Mm-hmm. You
2: were afraid to be known as a thief mm-hmm. or as somebody who steals or somebody whom who who misappropriates government uh, resources. Mm-hmm. It no longer is. Mm-hmm. It no longer is. Mm-hmm. People blatantly, openly. In fact, they just stop short of going to wherever the money is and putting it in sacks and carrying it away in broad daylight. Mm -hmm. But that's what they do. We've gotten to a point where we explain away the morality around wrong when it comes to corruption. Mm -hmm. So the lived experience is that certain things that we may look at and consider to be wrong and which people will be ashamed to perform or do in private or quiet, given time, it can be proliferated and it can become the norm. So the fear is not unjustified
0: but then because that's exactly what it is ct Mm -hmm. corruption has been normalized yes and so when the society appears to be condoning corruption they're not necessarily condoning corruption there's a high likelihood that what the society is doing is they're just they've given up it's a sigh you see corruption happening Uh, It doesn't happen in your, so you'll talk about it, you'll complain about it, but then there's nothing, you feel that there's nothing that you can do about Mm it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so you see that the only way that I can also actually continue living my life is if I participated in, as corruption is passing by.
3: Oh, there it is, bad
0: thing. If something can just drop Mm -hmm. on my lap. Mm -hmm. It is because of that normalization of corruption. Mm. we started by saying corruption is bad then it happens that there are no consequences to those who are caught nobody's caught so it just appears to be okay what do we do mm-hmm. that's gonna be the, the way to go maybe it's the same thing with this conversation right now there's so much pushback a lot of lack of understanding and fear but maybe what should be happening and what christine and all and the others like yourself uh the katiba institute should be doing is actually going a lot f- further and explaining it mm-hmm. explaining it not from the point of oh you know there's a lot of violence and discrimination and that but explaining what is this lgbtq mm-hmm. why are people considering to identify themselves as lgbtq mm-hmm. what is it all about mm-hmm. explain it Mm -hmm. but when you come to people and say you know what you know this criminalizing these you know people who have rights and you're ignoring their rights Mm -hmm. people are started looking at you and thinking
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what is this you're talking about What, what are you introducing here
1: yeah and and uh, you're correct that's a conversation that is um must happen but the court is not the best place for such deep detailed difficult conversations to happen so i i think as muga said we now have the opportunity where we can actually engage in these conversations and i know um in in the coming days there'll be other professionals who will be able to come and give those perspectives from that point of of of, of human psychology from that point of science and all these other perspectives that we'll be having in the coming days.
2: You know, when you consider mm-hmm. the eventual consequences or the end result of some of these things, again, I'm talking about lived experience. People respond sometimes, them not because they can actually explain or understand fully their response, but whatever evidence they have, whatever lived experience they have, no matter how little it is, that is now what determines the position that they take.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, the unfortunate thing about court rulings, no, let me reverse that. The fortunate thing Mm. about court rulings is that the courts are also on trial Mm. in the court of public opinion Mm. because people then have an opportunity to understand something about the law which they didn't understand, Mm. but they also have an opportunity to have a discourse about a ruling which ordinarily they wouldn't have had Mm. if that ruling had not been there. Mm -hmm. So this space opens up that much more Mm -hmm. but the other thing that comes to this discourse is not even what we're saying here external influence from the west yes Mm -hmm. it takes center stage Mm -hmm. and that also is something that people react to and react to strongly
1: Mm -hmm. so i there are a lot of conversations that we can have around lived experiences. Um, if you want to look at what lived experiences mean to, in other contexts, African context, where this conversation has progressed a little bit more than Kenya, we can look at examples of Botswana, we can look at examples of Mozambique and South Africa, and come to understand what are the consequences to society by liberalizing our uh, sexual identity sexual sexual orientation those are conversations we can have to look at what are their lived experiences and what the impact has been to their society mm. then we can actually be able then to apply to us uh, in, in our circumstances and say so what will be the impact of Kenyan society because also the lived experience is um, just because um, people who identify as lgbti have not been given formal recognition in the law don't doesn't mean they don't exist and they are from this same society. We have created them. They naturally exist in this same. With what? Let me rephrase that. They exist within our society as we, Mm. right? Because they are not aliens who have come and dropped off, right? They are our sisters, they are our brothers, Mm -hmm. they are our uncles, our aunties, our our sons, daughters, Mm -hmm. nephews. Within this same society, within the same culture and values, and principles we have, mm. we still have people who identify as LGBTI. Mm. So that is the conversation we need to have, mm-hmm. without excluding and sometimes directing violence. Um, that actually would mean that for some of these people, stepping out the house sometimes can be a danger to your own physical self. Right?
2: Mm. It can.
1: It can. But having conversation mm-hmm. that moves us to a close understanding of where we stand i think are. that is that should be encouraged the seeking for
3: being able to then um associate is it propelled by this fear that you speak of is it propelled by historically there was violence meted out upon this community and that is the reason why it's gone through this legal process and said allow us to even associate and that if any kind of violence that is meted upon the community mm-hmm. as they seek to associate
1: that then is criminalized. Mm-hmm. Is that the reason? Is that a propellant? I think not only historical, but mm. currently happening, right? Mm. I think if it was something that they felt they have the freedom to be able to do in this society, mm-hmm. not have ended up in court mm. because it will be something that is widely accepted uh, within the society. The fact that they are going to court, to ask for protection shows they are suffering under some sort of victimization and oppression. And so they go to court as a sort of, I think, last reference. As
0: a last measure.
1: Yeah, to try and make their life a little bit better.
0: Talk about Western influence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, City you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So there's this feeling that, okay, so the West is basically pushing it or ramming it down the throats of these African countries. Mm -hmm. Even when you talk about in every new deal that you signed has to be a clause and you shall uphold human rights and that's this and the other. Why is that?
1: Well (laughs) that could be something that is actually beyond me uh, at the moment. I do understand the fears that come with this. The fact that there's unknown Western agenda that seems to be promoted. I, I do not that has to be contextualized because i also believe that there are other um agendas that are also pushed by um what i would call the more conservative evangelical churches um in in the west yes. those ideas are also pushed um here uh, yes. issues around women's rights greater um issues on women's rights on medical access um bodily autonomy all of those are mixed and come here together to make this hodgepodge of of issues right so i would not say whether it is a western idea or understand the uh, imperatives behind it what we need to do is personalize it mm-hmm. individualize it at a personal level to be able to make headway of it
0: or just because- ignore yes maybe we are just being used as a playground by the left and rights of the west
1: yeah so we actually need to bring it to our <laughs> own context to no, make... ignore it yes if you are if you have to <laughs> why yes.
0: bring it to our context it's their fight let them fight it christine thank you very much <laughs> for joining us how about that you made it to the end of today's podcast you clearly ooze stamina guess what just hit subscribe at standard media podcast apple podcast google podcast spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.